Okay, then good afternoon everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the uh, BX Boutique Manager Showcase Series. We're going to talk about a, a topic that probably not, not a lot of you know a whole lot about yet, because we didn't really until we started digging into this, <clears throat> and it falls broadly into the category of values-based uh, investing. A lot of clients have been asking their advisors about the opportunity to invest along with their values. So one of the lesser explored uh, areas of this space is uh, biblically responsible investing. And I didn't know a whole lot about it until our conversations with, with Darren pretty recently. But at Camelot Portfolios, they run a number of strategies <clears throat> that do fall under the biblically responsible umbrella. So we wanted to have a conversation today <clears throat> between Arun Call, our CIO, and Darren Munn, the CIO at Camelot, to talk about what is biblically responsible investing? How do you do it? What are the criteria? How do you build portfolios? And can I do it? Can I get out there and be investing uh, you know, with my values without sacrificing the opportunity for returns? So before I just pass it over to uh, Arun and Darren, just a, a word or two about BX Partners if you don't know us real well yet. <clears throat> uh, among the many, uh, many, many things that we do, in the marketplace with financial advisors is we, we speak to a really significant number of money managers each year, do due diligence on the strategies, and then partner with select money managers that we think offer strategies that are highly differentiated uh, and certainly high value added, something different in the marketplace than you're accustomed to seeing from, from everybody else. This, I think, definitely falls underneath that umbrella. So without further ado, let me bring on uh, Arun Call, our CIO, who's going to um, have a conversation with Darren about this topic of biblically-based investing and, and maybe some specifics around the strategy of themselves. So uh, Arun and Darren, over to you. Thank you, Chris, uh, and good afternoon to everyone, and thank you for joining us. And Darren, a uh, pleasure to have you with us, and thank you for joining us this afternoon. We would Thank you. We would like to spend uh, about 30 minutes and just uh, do an introduction to your firm, to your strategy, and to the specifics of your methodology, and then talk a little bit about some of the specific stocks and your performance across a couple of the strategies. Um, and then we'll open it up to questions towards the end uh, from any yeah, advisory questions. All right. Well, to start us off, maybe you can just give us very briefly just a quick background on the firm maybe 30 seconds at a high level, then we can kind of touch about your overall methodology, and then we'll talk specifically about um, uh, BRI investing and how you define it and some of the specifics about it. So maybe just to start us off, a little bit of background on your firm, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. Well, we uh, we created Camelot back in 2008. It was, it was really spun out of the advisory practice that I've had you know, going back to 1998. Um, we currently have about 22 team members on our, uh, uh, in our organization, um, primarily based here in Maumee, Ohio, which is a, a suburb of Toledo. Uh, we're about an hour south of Detroit and uh, you know, two hours away from Cleveland and four hours away from Chicago, um, if, if, that, uh, if you can picture that geographically. So, um, um, yeah, that's, that's really Camelot and, and uh, the, the, the quick and dirty. All right, and maybe you can tell us a little bit at the at a high level. Maybe describe your methodology at a high level in terms of how you might describe yourself fundamentally based, and then we'll talk a little bit about the specifics of BRI. Yeah, our our investment methodology is, is primarily fundamental. You know, we're really looking at 
um, you know, discounted cash flow investing. We're looking to buy companies that are selling at a discount to their intrinsic value, um, or even, you know, as Warren Buffett likes to put, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to buy really good companies at a fair price. You know, we don't always need a bargain, but, you know, um, you know, if we're buying a really good company, even a fair price, um, is, is, is pretty good. We, we do also, you know, over the last several years, we've been working to integrate tactical components, you know, especially when we look at forward-looking returns. We have high valuations in the marketplace. We have really low interest rates, so we think things are going to be more volatile. Uh, as we look into the, to the future, we think uh, forward returns in the markets are going to be lower than what they've been historically and certainly over the last 10 years. So, um, you know, we, we believe there are some, some um, things that can be done to help uh, increase returns uh, in that type of an environment. Right. Makes sense. And are, are your, your universe, can you give us a little background on your universe? How large is the universe? Are you small to mid to large, global, U.S.-based? We, we have about a dozen different strategies that covers, you know, the, the most of the investment universe. Um, you know, some, some parts better than others and, you know, or, or more specifically than others. Um, you know, so we have a number of asset allocation strategies and we have a number of stock-specific strategies. Um, you know, covering uh, you know various parts of the market. Most of our stock strategies tend to fall on the value side of the spectrum, um, and we also tend to gravitate to the smaller end of the the spectrum as well. So, um, you know, as luck would have it, the last five years has been uh, <laughs> unkind to uh, the the small and mid value uh, part of the space. But um, you know, I think as we'll be able to demonstrate, we've been able to navigate that reasonably well and uh, uh, I believe there's better things to come uh, for that for that space right yes it's certainly been out of favor for a while <laughs> it seems to be taking its time to come back into favor um, that's right that's right <laughs> uh, so why don't we go directly to biblically responsible investing and maybe you can start off by giving us a definition how do you define it uh, and where do you start uh, from that perspective yeah, I mean, a, a definition we've used for a long time is, is really allowing, you know, your your principles to impact, you know, your stock selection process. Um, there's a, an affinity group at an organization called Kingdom Advisors, uh, and they define it as investing that seeks to glorify God as an act of worship. Um, and so, you know, there's a, there's a, a number of different definitions, but but it, you know, in a nutshell, it's really you know allowing your um, your spiritual beliefs and your convictions to impact the type of companies that you will or will not invest in uh, in a portfolio. Right, and that is that looking at it from the product sense, or from the service sense, or from the mission sense, or how do you kind of define that in, in terms of some of the objectives? Yeah, and 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 this is where you start to you know, have a lot of different opinions. I mean, there, there's a, a broad spectrum of people who you know, use the term BRI, and, and, and you know, some people are, are, are very adamant um, on, on one side of the spectrum, and some people are very adamant on, on another side. And so, you know, we, our focus tends to be on primary business activity. What, what are the companies actually producing or doing, you know, as a service? And, and is that product or activity, you know, something that we believe violates biblical principles? Um, you know, I, you know, other, you know, some people will will go further to look at, you know, what are they maybe promoting from a, you know, you know, internally are are they are they um, focusing more on, 
um, you know, a political agenda, or or are they donating money to organizations that that would um, you know be um, you know objectionable? So um, you know, there, there, there's a, a spectrum. You know, our, our you know when uh, the way you know we do it, the, our conviction. You know, we primarily focus on you know what what is the business activity of the company, and is the business activity something that that we believe is is um, not appropriate or, or wrong according to biblical principles. Right. Okay. And now, can you give us some specific examples? Are we talking about uh, gambling, or are we talking about financial usury, or what? What specific categories do you use to define uh, some of the specifics in terms of quantifying the values and the activities? Yeah. So there are five basic things that that we. Um, look to avoid here at Camelot. So we look to, you know, abor- abortion is the first. You know, I think, you know, the, the vast ma- majority of Christians would agree that, hey, you know, we don't want to be involved in things that, you know, in in the abortion process. And that could be, you know, pharmaceutical companies that, that create drugs used in that process. You know, if, if they use the, you know, if they, they produce, a, you know, an, an emergency contraceptive, you know, or, or the, you know, the, you know the day after you know pill or whatever that that they talk about you know those types of things if if it's you know hospitals or insurance companies that provide um you know abortion um you know voluntarily you know i mean so some or you know you know some hospitals or some insurance companies have to you know they're they're required to for some reason you know they don't have a choice but you know we we especially look to to eliminate companies if if they're doing it voluntarily. Um, you know, so abortion is a big one. Um, it could also be if they're using fetal material for research. You know, that that could be another thing that that we, um, you know, where we would disqualify a company. Um, the next thing is gambling. You know, we we you know that's pretty. This is one of the easier things to avoid because it's really. I mean, you can see, hey, is this company involved in gambling? And um, you know, and and so we avoid gambling. We avoid tobacco. That that's another fairly simple one. Uh, another manager that um, you know I've, I've had conversations with. I like how he puts it. He said he he doesn't specifically label what he does as, as biblically responsible, but he says you know I don't want to invest in any company where the top where their top customers are addicts. You know, so you know, so that you know, think you know, things like gambling or tobacco, you know, that that creates addicts. I mean, that they're they're basically preying on the addicts. They're taking advantage of the addicts, um, and and that's really how they make their money. And so you know, we 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 avoid those. Um, right. And, maybe and then, just, uh, just, uh, sorry, just before we go into the details, maybe you can give us some examples of some firms as well. So maybe just taking a step back, if you're looking at hospitals and some of the drug firms, can you give a couple of examples of firms that you have? Uh, excluded from your universe uh, based on some of this criteria. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, when it comes to abortion, you know, you know, Pfizer, Merck, you know, Novartis, um, you know, th- those are some of the companies that that we've screened out. You know, from a, from an abortion standpoint, um, you know, when it comes to gambling, I mean, you, you think of the big names, MGM, Penn National Gaming. You know, but some of the ones you might not necessarily think about would be. You know, like cruise lines, you know, Carnival, um, you know, they, they, they do have a, a very intentional uh, gambling operation on board their ships. Churchill Downs, you know, where the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby is run. You know, you think, oh, what's wrong with horse racing? Well, nothing's wrong with horse racing, but there's a lot of gambling that goes along with that as well. And um, same thing with uh, International Speedway that has NASCAR races. Right. You know, um, right. you know like, nothing so wrong are, with the NASCAR race. Those are all excluded, yeah. Okay. Is there a threshold um, on? Uh, is it a threshold on revenue for the cruise lines, or do you 
other industries that might, I guess, have some overlap with gaming, do you use a threshold on revenue, or how do you look at that where they're not a pure gambling firm? Yeah, when it's not a pure gambling firm, you know, and, and, and tobacco would fall into this area too, you know, it, it, we typically use a 5% threshold. So if, if, if the revenue generated from gambling or tobacco was under 5%, you know, we, we, we basically consider that it, it's not one of their primary business practices. It's, you know, maybe it's, you know, a, a convenience store company that just happens to have, you know, half a dozen convenience stores in Nevada. And, of course, those convenience stores have slot machines, but, you know, they're not in the business of providing gaming, but it's just, you know, you know they, they bought out a, another chain, and that chain had stores in Nevada, and those stores have, you know, have slot machines. Okay, you know, that's not something that's going to necessarily eliminate them from, from our portfolio. Right, right. All right, so we got uh, uh, any other, what other criteria? You got tobacco you mentioned, so what about on the tobacco side? Is it straight across the board in terms of tobacco and uh, other affiliated smoke or smokeless products? Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, tobacco is, is pretty straight across the board, so you know, when we look at, uh, you know, naturally your Philip Morris, Reynolds American, um, you know, and, and there's, there's a number of others. You know, we, you know one of the kind of the, the newer areas that, um, you know, we, we haven't... Uh, we, we haven't invested in, but they're not specifically or overtly on our list yet. You know, we're kind of looking at the whole cannabis area. You know, you know, is, right. that, is that an area that, you know, you you invest in or not? You know, we 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 we, you know, some people could argue, well, there 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 may be a potential value to cannabis from a medicinal standpoint, um, and and naturally, uh, you know, then the other side of the argument is, well, most people aren't really using it for that, so. Um, you know that that you know the difficulty with the whole BRI space is there there are some really good arguments on both sides and and I think one of the things you know I think a lot of it gets back to you know you know the lord is more concerned about our heart you know we 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 are not doing this to be punitive we're not trying to to punish a company so a lot of it really comes down to a personal conviction you know are 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 we you know as, as a christian is this something is this a business we would run you know, is this a product or service that we would offer as a Christian? Um, and so that's really, you know, the approach I've always taken is, you know, is this company doing something that I would be embarrassed to share with my mother or that, you know, that when I stand before right. God someday that, that, that I would be ashamed of? And so you know, there are some people that, in, in my opinion, take it too far and they're trying to be punitive and, you know, let's, you know, not use our investment right. dollars, you know, for them. Um, but I'm really looking at it, you know, like, you know, I know the Lord is, is more concerned about my heart. And, you know, the reality is we're, we're all sinners. We all do things we shouldn't do. Um, and, and nobody's perfect. No company is perfect. I could find something wrong with pretty much any company. But I'm, I'm really looking at how, how do I be a good steward of the resources that, that, that I've been entrusted with. And, and so right. that's kind of the spirit in, in which we go about, um, you know, this process. Sure, um, and just so, just briefly, other yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, so, that's what I was saying. So you know, when, when when we when we look at kind of swinging it back around, when we're looking at the whole cannabis thing, you know, you know that that's something that you know we're we're actively considering. You know, that, that is that something we you know would consider investing in or not? But it's you know those, it's really with that perspective. You know, we're, we're looking right. for um, you know companies that are you know not harming people. You know, you know we we don't want to be involved in a company that's harming you, and, and you could, it's hard to, to justify, you know, a tobacco company, you know, th- there's not really any 
positive benefit from smoking, right? Like you can't really argue that smoking is helping people in any way, shape, or form. Um, cannabis, you could kind of make that argument, you know. So, you know, there you could certainly still make the argument that it's hurting right. other people. Um, and so you know, therein lies the dilemma there. But there's a, um, right. you know, a, a, a company that... Um, um, that that we we highly respect and and um, you know they, they they phrase it in in ways that you know I I really appreciate um, and they um, was pulling it up here um, you know is is the company creating compelling value for society and for the global common good you know is this something right. that's really helping people or or is it something that you know as this other manager said you know is is it preying on their addiction or or is it you know, taking advantage of their vulnerability um, and, and ultimately harming them. Okay. I understand. And are there other areas that you define that come up in the category as well that are excluded? Yeah, so the other two areas are, are, are pornography, and you could even lump some anti-family entertainment in there. So, you know, companies that are producing pornography. And there's not there's not necessarily a lot of pure pay, you know, you know there's not like a – a porn sector that you can just screen out. You, you really have to look at the the individual companies, but a lot of the companies that are going to fall into this are going to be, you know, in the media arena. So like AT and T, you know, HBO is is uh, is a part of AT and T, um, and you know, the, there's certainly some very um, questionable content there. Playboy is getting ready to go public again. It, you know, it had been public in the past. You know, it's been private for a while. It's getting ready to go public again. You know, so naturally that would be screened out. Um, uh, you know, Meredith right. is, is a company that, that that produces a lot of publications, and you know, you know, several of them, uh, you know, have very uh, have some pornographic content. Um, you know, Disney is is one that we would typically avoid due to some of the content they produce. Lionsgate. You know, so there's there's a lot of companies in that in that media space. Media space. And then the yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the last category would be the, the financial usury. Um, and so, you know, companies that are taking advantage of, of people that, um, you know, with, with what we would consider to be exorbitant interest rates, um, you know, so, you know, payday companies, payday lending companies like Cash America, um, you know, Aaron's is a, um, a rent-to-own company that's, you know, it, it sounds good in concept, but, but you know, when you realize what, what's really going on from a, you know, uh, uh, financial uh, manipulation and, um, you know, taking advantage of people, you know, standpoint, um, you know, th- th- those are a couple of examples of, of, of companies that would fall right. into that category. Are, are, are the credit card companies out as well? No, no. We, you know, credit card companies, you know, you know certainly, you know, we, we believe people should stay out of debt, um, but when you're looking at, at unsecured, Debt, you know, like like a credit card. You know, we don't think the you know the twenty five percent interest rates are are exorbitant. We, you know, we think that's you know commensurate with the the risk that a credit card company is taking, and you know um, you know we we think they're you know so so we don't see that as something that would be a violation of of right. biblical principles. Right. So now, how many names do you end up excluding out of your universe when we sort of put this put this all together? Yeah, so so we have a list, you know, and, and it's really you know looking at you know you know all of the you know, not just domestic but international companies, and and it's by by no means exhaustive, but of you know of all the companies that we've come across, and we also network, you know, we also have conversations with other similarly uh, you know like-minded managers, but we have a list of about 240 companies that at this point we would exclude, you know, from our portfolios. Now, 
like I said, you know, there are certainly others, but you know, we don't we don't typically go out, you know, looking, you know, first for you know, what are the companies that are violating these screens. A lot of it, you know, a lot of our list is built as we're, you know, when we come across a new idea and, and we research a company, if we find something in there that we would find objectionable, then then we would add it to the list. Um, and you know, right. but obviously there there are some you know you know gambling's a a sector and it's an industry in and of itself, so that's easy. Same thing with tobacco. But for a lot of these other categories, it's really you know you know as you know when we hear about a company or if we're doing due diligence on a new company, you know if if they violate one of these you know one of these screens, then then you know that's when they would typically add it to the list. Or you know same thing with you know, with one of our you know colleagues you know from other firms if they if they um you know if if our conversations with them produce you know they they may mention hey some new companies that that mm-hmm. uh they have concerns about we we've had you know i i had a situation just uh probably two or three years ago where we had a company in the portfolio um they were a medical waste company um and you know they had had issues before where you know there were concerns about their involvement with the abortion industry but they had you know they had you know overtly come out and said that you know they were cutting ties to you know, you know, uh, you know, fetal. You know, they were no longer accepting, um, you know, fetal waste, and and so, you know, that was a company we had in our portfolio. I, I actually had a client, you know, reach out, you know, with concerns about that, and and was able to show me, you know, some some documentation that that seemed to indicate that they were not holding up to the standard they said they were doing. You know, like what they said they were right. doing, they weren't really doing, and, and they were still actually involved kind of in a backdoor way. Um, and then um, so that was actually, actually something that I was praying about. I'm like, okay, what do I do here? Like, you know, the company is saying they're not doing this. You know, this this person, is, uh, you know, and, and it was it was more than just anecdotal. Like like this was, she actually had some really good, you know, uh, evidence and material. And then you know, I, I you know, call it a sign from God or whatever. But like one of the local clinics, you know, they had an issue, and there was a so there was a there was an article in the paper, and as you know, and and it's kind of hard to believe, but. Uh, the the picture had a, a a van, a delivery vehicle, or a pickup vehicle from this particular company <laughs> that clearly had a relationship and was picking up material from the abortion clinic. So, you know, right. um, okay, that 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 kind of answered my question right there. Okay, that that was a very clear answer. Um, that that company is no longer in our portfolios, and so. Um, uh, and, and they've continued to have you know concerns about that, so it, it does not seem like they've really uh, changed their spots, so to speak. And Darren, give us a couple of examples, or I guess maybe talk a little bit about the challenges. Some of the challenges with the value-based investing or mission-based investing is uh, performance in terms of screening out some of these names. So how do you uh, find performance? Is there a sacrifice to performance, or how do you find performance is, given that you have a smaller universe and that you have to screen on some of these names. Yeah, you know, we, we have not found an, an impact, you know, and, and in many cases, you know, we, we think you could make an argument that, that it actually will, you know, will help. You know, a lot of these are, are, are industries that have regularly run into legal issues. You know, if you think of tobacco, um, you know, if you think of, you know, we, we don't necessarily screen out alcohol, but you'll certainly you know companies you know that that lead to addiction you know you know oftentimes have issues with 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 uh lawsuits um and so you know we really look at you know that there 
there's plenty of other opportunity. Now there there are some right. you know the firms that tend to screen out more. You know when they're looking you know at even more you know you know some of the more um, you know punitive firms will screen out the vast majority of the S and P 500, which makes it very difficult to to have a you know a well diversified large cap portfolio. But you know the, the way we've t- you know the approach that we've taken, we've never had an issue being able to put together a, a well you know a, a well diversified portfolio that we think you know. We've never been at a loss for opportunity because of our screens, I guess, is maybe a good way to put it. All right. Okay. So I think what we'd like to do now is uh, we'll open it up uh, or allow, uh, have the advisors ask some questions that they want. Uh, before we do that, Chris, I thought I would pass it back to you. If you had any questions that you wanted to ask um, before we move forward? Yeah, just just one one question that I have while the audience thinks about uh, what they might want to ask is, it, it seems like you know you've got a, you've got a few different strategies in this space, but you're certainly not covering the landscape of style boxes. Um, you know, the, the small mid value strategy I, I think is very impressive. It's been a tough space to to perform in, and this has been an outperformer, you know, in that category. But how did you wind up on that? That's not something that jumps off the page like. One of the first strategies I got to have in the market is a small mid value. So how did how did you wind up there? Yeah, that, that was you know that was actually a a strategy we created specifically for a, a br you know a bri advisory firm. So it was, a, it was a firm that was 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 you know started several years ago. Um, you know they 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 wanted to have you know managers in in all the different style boxes. You know. That you know had a, a BRI approach, and so um, you know they they had you know you know our our since our many of our strategies tend to fall on that value side of the spectrum, and especially the small and mid part. You know we we actually built this strategy uh, at the time specifically for them, uh, and have since opened it up to to other advisors as well. So you know that was really you know built in conjunction with a firm who was building a BRI. Um, you know, uh, platform, you know, or, or BRI advisory firm, you know, where, where you know everything they do is BRI, and and so you know we we were, uh, um, you know, so that that's how this particular strategy was launched. And so while this strategy was specifically built for that, you know, our other equity-based strategies, which do incorporate BRI, you know, they they were just our our, our typical. Hey, we're building these because we, you know we want to create a a dividend strategy, or we want to have a, um, you know, a, a growth-based strategy, and so, you know, it, you know, our, our other equity strategies will incorporate, you know, the the, the same principles and, and the same screens. Um, we also have a, a a mutual fund SMA that's built using mutual funds of other companies that use BRI, you know, that, that where where BRI is part of their of part of their process, and so you know that strategy has done well. You know that's an asset allocation strategy where it has exposure, you know, um, to equity, you know, basically global equities, um, u- using all BRI uh, managed um, funds, and so um, you know that that has had a very good um, track record as well. And so you know we think you know that you know we, we've seen studies. You know some studies will show that the BRI. Uh, or values-based investing, you know, struggles to perform. We've seen other studies that show that, you know, it, it, it actually outperforms. And so, you know, the reality is a lot of it still comes down to the skill of the manager. <laughs> and so, you know, if, if the manager still, uh, you know, is, is doing a good job and, um, 
you know, if, if they're not compromising on their, what I would say, the, you know, their fundamental principles when it comes to the, the financials of, of the companies they're investing in, you know, we, we think you can actually produce, you know, equal or better returns, um, you know, and, um, you know, avoid companies that, that you might have concerns about. Yeah, that's great. Let me uh, <clears throat> let me open it up, and your minds are open, audience. So, to the extent that you have a question you would like to ask Darren or or Arun, uh, <clears throat> the lines are open. Go ahead and ask. Okay, good. I mean, I think we think we covered the topic. Uh, I think we covered the topic pretty thoroughly today. Um, so with that, we're going to call we're going to call this um, we're going to call a wrap on this call. I want to thank everybody for taking the time to dial in and learn about this topic today. I will uh, get back to you with the fact sheets on the additional strategies that were mentioned, uh, in addition to the small mid value that I sent you uh, this morning with with the email with the conference call details on it. I want to thank Darren for spending. Some time with us here this afternoon to go through the uh, go through the strategy and his approach and and everything else that we covered here today. And thanks, Arun. Um, with that, everybody, we are done for today. Thanks all.